Welcome to Culture Eats Strategy. Eats Strategy. With your host, entrepreneur Jamie J. Jamie J. On this podcast, we unpack the most powerful, intangible culture. Culture. Culture is way more than a mission statement or words on a wall. It's how a company behaves. It's what informs every decision, action, and reaction. Culture is the invisible hand, the true north that guides every organization. And if you create a legendary culture, you will build a legendary company. A legendary company. Now, here he is, Jamie J. Welcome back to another episode of Culture Eats Strategy. Oh my gosh, what episode number? I'm above 60 now. As you guys know, or as everyone that's listening knows, I'm not a big fan of keeping track and numbering all my episodes. And the reason why is I'm a big fan of Evergreen. And I do know that a lot of other podcasters enjoy showing the number of episodes that they have. But I've been doing this for, what, five years now, six years, and it's just been an incredible journey that it seems like what mattered earlier on doesn't necessarily matter uh, what we're doing now. And so it's funny how things change with experience. And and one of the things that change with culture or one of the constants you can expect with culture is change. And so I'm excited uh, today to be talking with John Breen. And here's, here's something that's really cool. John Breen was actually a client of ours. Didn't work out. We were we made mistakes in our in our own company bottleneck that I'm going to be talking to you about in a second. But here's what's really cool about this: we were able to still communicate and do everything in a positive manner because I believe our cultures are so strong. Because even though the product or service that we have may have not been a good fit, we still get along. And we still have, I think, in my opinion, very similar cultural values and core values. And I think that's why uh, we're able to continue a dialogue and have a conversation like this. So the reason I'm bringing this up is, is I really want to put this out there so that as you're going throughout your day and your work and your life and doing all of that, do it with intention, be authentic to yourself, um, live your culture to the best of your ability. And uh, I think you're going to be a lot happier in life. And I, I know for, for I, I can only speak for me, but I know I am. Uh, so uh, real quick, before I uh, introduce you to John, uh, he's waiting patiently on the line here. I do want to say, if you are getting slammed and overwhelmed in your business, you might need a virtual assistant. Uh, go check out bottleneck.online and see if we can help you there. Uh, again, we're not a fit for everybody. But for those of you that are completely overwhelmed with the details and you're looking to offload uh, and you need maybe a a personal assistant to kind of help you out booking your travel and things like that, um, you might be ready. So go check us out, bottleneck.online. Okay, without any further ado, let's go ahead and jump into this. After graduating summa cum laude in the honors program from University of Wisconsin-Stout, John attained a master's degree in mechanical engineering from University of Wisconsin-Madison. Um, after several years of experience in industry, he started an industrial automation company, Breen Machine Automation Services. Now, in its fourth year of business, uh, Breen Machine prides itself on intentional employee development 
I love that, and uniquely friendly customer service. John's work in business and industry has earned him the Engineering Leaders Under 40 Award from Control Engineering Magazine. That's pretty fantastic. And John sees his role in business and industry as a teacher. He has uh, teaching experience at tech schools and universities and more than 10 years of experience with various manufacturers, OEMs, that's original equipment manufacturers, I believe, and engineers from across the world. He's creating virtual uh, courses to share real-world skills with people in industry, closing educational gaps and helping them be more efficient and successful in their work. John chose a career in engineering because he enjoys exploring and creating solutions to real problems, and he's enjoying uh, enjoyed working with people in the industry to improve their automation. Here's a fun fact. In his spare time, John enjoys engineering biological systems in the yard. In other words, he enjoys gardening. <laughs> okay, without any further ado, John, uh, Breen, welcome to Culture Strategy. Thank you so much, Jamie. Great to be here. After all this buildup, I'm just super pumped for this conversation. <laughs> yeah, this is good. I, I, now, now we finally get to hear John Breed. Yes, John Breed is real. <laughs> I have a voice. <laughs> well, I'm wondering if maybe you can tell us a little bit who you are um, and a little bit about Brain Machine Automation Services and kind of what you're doing there. And, and I'm, I'm just dying to figure out or to learn more about what it means when you talk about uh, the intentional employee development and uniquely friendly customer service. I can't wait to jump into that. But before we do, I'd love to learn a little bit more about you. Sure. Well, I am an energetic, dynamic individual, and uh, we talk about culture here. Um, I think just like you, I probably didn't fit as an employee, but I learned a ton while I was an employee. And when I decided it wasn't a good fit, I started looking for other jobs and didn't find any that felt like it was going to be a good fit. Uh, ran into an old friend from college who was doing something similar to what I'm doing now, except he's decided to stay a one-man shop. And so we started talking and I thought, hey, you know, I, I could do that. And it's funny, I had a boss uh, uh, in one of my internships that told me when he was telling me how he started his company, hey, any schmuck with a laptop can do what we do. And, you know, obviously there are some things that you have to have going on in your brain to be able to do it, but that's, that's true. You don't need a big building. You don't need a ton of employees to get started. Yeah. And I always laugh how easy it was to get started in business. It's certainly been a much more difficult thing to grow the business. Right. But starting, I just said, hey, I'm, I'm doing this business. So did and you, did you just, all of a sudden, you just said, hey, I'm going to start this? Was there planning or? There was a month or two of preparation, uh -huh. which was probably not super involved. It was me calling around to people in industry and saying, hey, don't tell anybody because I haven't told my boss yet, but I'm going to be doing this on this day. Oh, wow. And so they, I, you know, I found good partners in industry that it could be a very mutually beneficial relationship for them to know me and me to know them. I'd already been working with a lot of these people in that previous job. So yeah. uh, I don't, I don't even know if I understood that fully at the time. Yeah. But I kind of lucked out, I guess. And so I, I just said, hey, this is a thing. I talked to suppliers and, and other people. I set up a bank account. I talked to insurance and a lawyer and just get a couple things set up. But 
Did yeah, you? It's funny. Before that point, I had always uh-huh. thought starting a business would be all this stuff. Yeah. And it felt overwhelming. And once I got to that point, something just snapped in my brain and it wasn't all this stuff. I just did it. I made a list and I did it. Yeah. You just knocked it out. See that? I think that's awesome. Now, did you have supportive people and conversely, anybody that didn't think that you should do this? Hmm. I think I did have a lot of supportive people. I can't think of anybody who didn't think I should do it except for people at that previous job. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that was largely just, they didn't want to lose me. I I hope that was the feeling as they felt like I was valuable there. Yeah. I see the reason I asked that is because I think um, this might be a nice segue into learning about how, what culture means to you and, and how that company gets set up because I think people that go into business and start businesses and they have that supportive, uh, I guess, layer there with people that are rooting for them and cheering them on, that actually helps, I think, with the confidence level. And it may seem like it's not really that hard to get things going, but it also says, okay, so John Breen, who is John Breen? And is John Breen bringing his core values and to this new culture that he wants to create starting this new business? Yeah. And I, the the thing I think that really made that click in my brain was just running into that old friend who was doing it because he did it already. And so I could ask him some questions and that cleared up any worries about whether it was even possible. Yeah. And once I had that picture in my head, that model to look at, um, I didn't even ask him that many questions, really. I think I asked him some questions initially, thought on it, decided to do it. And then a couple months later, I asked him a couple more questions. And that was it. It, it wasn't like it was that complicated. Right, right. And then and now, now it's four years later and you're kicking butt and doing well and enjoying yeah, we've got life. Multiple employees. I'm an employee again, which is a little bit ironic. <laughs> oh, there you go. Well, you're ahead <laughs> of me. Sarah and I, my wife and I, we, we are still not W2 employees, but we're working towards that. <laughs> oh, <laughs> it's, it's a little bit of a transition, but uh, mostly it's a, you know, paperwork and a transition in name. So I, yeah, even though I keep calling myself an employee, it's a different experience than when I was an employee for somebody else. I hear you. I hear you. That's fantastic. Yeah. Well, so you, I want to talk about yeah. uh, intentional development of employees, as you were talking oh, about. I'd love to hear. Yeah. And I'm going to transition from what we were just talking about because it it makes a. This is how my thinking on it went. When I was starting out in industry, I realized there's a huge disconnect between where people come out of school and where people in industry want to hire those people. And especially in controls engineering, there are very few actual uh, college programs that you can go to to get that skill set. I think when I was looking at after I was hired, I think I found one. Maybe there are more now. Um, But in in the whole country, I found one that was intended to do this specific thing. So usually, you know, engineering is really broad anyway. you got a million different kinds. Sure. Usually people come into controls engineering from electrical engineering or mechanical engineering even. Um, uh, Controls engineering has, you know, this long history ever since, you know, automation was invented. And many of the controls engineers that I worked with that mentored me, you know, they used to be mechanical engineers or they used to be a maintenance person or uh, one was a pinball mechanic. Wow. And so 
most of the people who have gotten into the field have just kind of figured it out. And I think that's uh, because they learned by just figuring it out, they mostly expect that that's the way people do learn it, the only way people can learn it. But that's not true. I don't think it's true at all. And so as I was, as I was learning, first of all, it was just a fluke that I even got hired because they wanted somebody with five years experience minimum, and that's normal. Oh, they wow. always want somebody who comes with all that experience because they know there's this huge disconnect. And so I, I, I want to give that company credit. They did, they did spend time and effort trying to mentor me into that role. And uh, so I appreciate that. At the same time, it was very rough. <laughs> it was yeah. not something that they're good at. And what I think, were the rough parts? What was it that was rough? Uh, well, you don't have to get specific into the details, sure, but maybe yeah. process-wise, what was rough? In a phrase, lack of organization. Mm. And so sometimes that meant more than one person was trying to teach me the same thing, which is fine because I'd learned different uh different aspects of that same thing, but it's also difficult because uh, each one of those people would be approaching this subject like I didn't know anything about it. So we couldn't start with where I was. We'd have to start from zero every time. And so for me, I felt like I had to kind of put my pride on the shelf. Like I'm not going to admit I know all these things because there are little shreds of things that I would learn along the way. And um, I, so that was certainly a struggle in myself was just to, to keep my pride in check, but it was also not very efficient because now we have all this repeated content. Yeah. And it, yeah. and it, every, everybody had their own way. They wanted to teach me stuff. And so it didn't all fit together into a job role uh, directly. I had to do a lot of processing and digesting and figuring it out as yeah. well. So because of some of the experience you've had, this is how you came up with this intentional employee development. Yes. To, to alleviate those challenges from your employees having to go through that same type of thing. Yes. And really, I think this is a need in the entire industry. And as much as I can, I am growing my, uh, my educational influence to try to help the whole industry because I don't think it's handling this problem very well. Mm. I don't, everybody wants five years experience minimum. And companies have had to start hiring people out of college just out of necessity. But every controls engineer I've ever run into works way too many hours. Yeah. So they don't want to teach because they're working too much, but they're <laughs> yeah, working too much to because teach. they're not teaching. <laughs> yeah. And so it's like this, it's, uh, I, you know, I, I don't know what else to say about it, but well, I think the whole industry needs this. Yeah. And it, it, so, you need to set precedent maybe. Uh, well, I'm going to do my best. So, what did you do? What, what, so, so, what did you do with this in, intentional employee development? So, we're doing a few different things. First of all, the people that we hire, we're not necessarily hiring with five years of experience. In fact, I'm the only person who had five years of experience in the company at this point in this field. We're hiring people from adjacent fields. And I think that's turned out really well. And we're training them into the role because industry needs more people to do this job. And part of this is each individual I look at, 
I, I look and say, okay, what skills do you have? What talents do you have? Do you have a knack for anything specific? Uh, and we only hire people with the right attitude. Mm-hmm. So um, attitude, I think, is important. And I, I, this is a little meandering way of coming back to your question, but I will come back to it. Uh, many of those people who started as pinball mechanics and maintenance guys, they had to have the attitude uh, to fight through it and figure it out. And I like to joke that most controls engineers are a little bit uh, rough around the edges. I think that's just part of it comes with, you know, being in industry and having to fight through that learning curve. Mm -hmm. But because of that, people usually expect rough around the edges when they're hiring people to come do work on their automation. And I have found that many people uh, shy away from that. They don't like that experience. So part of our focus in our culture is that you have to have some people skills. You have to be able to work well with people. And because we're not hiring from within this industry, we can find that. We can find people who can serve the customers in a way they're not used to being served in a much, uh, hopefully more comfortable and happy and friendly way. And I think that's a huge value. So we're finding people Outside of the industry, you know, uh, our first technical hire was a guy who came out of the programming industry. He used to program servers and websites and a bunch of other things. We program industrial automation. So a lot of the concepts and thought process came over very well. It only took three, four months to get him into a role where he was strong and competent and working full time for a customer who's very happy with his work. Oh, wow. Wow. Again, these are people in in industry, people think you have to have five years of experience in this thing to be able to do well. And I'm arguing that's just not true. I I have to agree with you on this one. Um, And and the same happened to me when I was back in corporate America. I took a position with zero experience in that industry, never. And one of the things that I learned, not necessarily from that, but I think that with a lot of other things coming in is – a lot of other things that I've learned since then is that you can teach process. You cannot teach attitude. True. They have it or they don't. And boy, this is really exciting to me because I don't care what industry you're in. Everything is customer service. In, in my opinion, everything is customer service. So if, if you don't, surround yourselves with people that buy into a similar belief system or core values, uh, you're going to, your message will be lost and it'll be lost upon the client or whomever it is. And it's really hard to grow your company like that. So I'm wondering what, what are some of the things that you do when you're, when you're looking to hire somebody, what are some of those questions you're asking them to find out whether or not they do have the right attitude? I have a secret weapon in my arsenal here. And first of all, I I have to recognize everybody has their strengths. My strength does not include reading people. I don't understand people very well. I love working with people, Uh but I am an engineer, right? So uh, our office manager does everything that's not engineering, basically HR and and scheduling and everything. Mm -hmm. He's very good with people. She understands people. So she's always with me in interviews. 
helping me understand this person that I'm talking to. Oh, wow. That's pretty impressive that you recognized uh, that fact, that you can't really read people. Have you ever gone and made a decision that was emotionally charged? Uh, I'm, I'm sure that's true. I try not to make emotionally charged decisions, but I'm sure I do. Well, the reason I'm asking is because um, it's, you're so fortunate to have someone there to help you with this. Because a lot of times I've done that in the past. And it was an emotional decision. And I probably in the back of my head knew it probably wasn't a good decision, but I wanted to give it a go. And those are expensive mistakes. Yeah, they certainly can be. <laughs> so what my, are some, go ahead. I was going to say my first job out of college was with a company that was very emotionally run. And that was a very uncomfortable place for me to be because of that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I, I talk about hiring people and training them, uh, trying to bring in attitude and cultivate this skill set in more people. Mm -hmm. There's a second thing that I'm doing uh, to try to reach the in, reach the industry as a whole to help other people rise up into the position that they want to you know improve their career and enhance their performance, and that's putting together educational content. So we do blogs, how-to videos, um, and, and paid courses. Uh, these are full-fledged video courses that are not just how to use AutoCAD. They're how to do a job. You talk about teaching a process. That yeah. is what we're doing here. I use these courses internally in our company. That's the testing ground. I'm thinking, what do I want my employees to know? And I'm making a course based on that. Oh, for wow. Each type of task. So oh, right now we've got two of these courses and we've got several more planned in the near future. Uh, the first course I did was just using virtual machines for industrial programming. I'm not going to go into incredible depth on what that means, but I think anybody who does industrial programming should really look at that. It's free right now. Okay. Go check it out. It's on the <laughs> website. It's free. It's three hours of video that will save you so many hours in your life. Watch it. Um, the second course is using AutoCAD for industrial automation, and this is electrical design, schematics, panel drawings. Um, again, people who do that kind of work will know what that means. This is a process. You're going to walk out at the end with example drawings, templates, reusable graphics, and a process to start with a design intent and to end with a full drawing set that oh, you wow. can build a machine off of. And, and that's a thing I had to learn on my own. You know, I, I looked at other people's drawings and I eventually came up with this process that I'm sure was influenced by other people's processes, but I'm doing things I haven't seen anybody else do that I think save time. See, that, that's amazing. And what, what I'm getting from this is to avoid disorganization, um, processes are so important. And I think establishing processes early on, getting feedback from your internal staff on challenges that have overcome or what, what, is, what has been their challenges and then overcoming that and putting that forward into not only a training mechanism for your internal staff, but for other people in the industry, that, that's how you cure disorganization. 
That's how the disorganized company becomes organized and people look up to you for that. And because you're organized, that whole hiring process, the onboarding process, the, 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 the day-to-day operations, there's clarity now, there's direction. And that gives people comfort, yes. in my opinion. With that AutoCAD course, I like to say it cures the blank page stare. <laughs> you know, you want to make a machine that does X. Uh, Where do you start? You've got nothing on the page. <laughs> Here's a process. Exactly. Oh, I love that. I love that. So with, with this now, your employees, they have the direction that they need and they have the attitude that you're looking for. What are some of the things that you, that you will do in an interview process to let them know that, hey, we do have a process here? What are some of those things that you look for to make sure that this is the right person? So like I say, we're looking for attitude and we're also looking for aptitude. I'm looking to see if they have some background that we can repurpose. That's really good. So we hired that programming guy. We also hired a person who did industrial maintenance before, but he, he took a a tech school, went through a tech school program that I, in my opinion, is very good. He had all the background. He had been working on troubleshooting. He owned his own auto mechanic business for, I think, 10 plus years. So he's, he's got a lot of troubleshooting background. Those are skills that we can repurpose. And gotcha. they've certainly uh, paid dividends as a troubleshooter when we've sent him out to customer site. Um, but other things that we're looking for, we often throw our employees in the fire. There's a machine down somewhere. It's a high stress situation. Um, because when a machine is down, the company's not making money. They could be losing, you know, $20,000 a minute or a day or whatever. That can be a high pressure situation. And some people fit well in that and some people do not. So this is a high impact environment. Could be. Right. So how do you think under pressure? Mm. And we, so in the interview process, we try to push people outside their comfort zone a little bit. With industrial things, I'm going to throw a set of prints in front of them. And I'm going to say, what's that? What's that? What's that? Almost as fast as they can come up with the answers. I want to see how they respond to that. Oh, wow. I'll throw in front of them, even if they've never seen a C++ program, I'll throw some code in front of them and say, can you tell what this does? Because people are going to have to be able to figure things out on the fly. And so I'm playing the part of pushing them and poking them in this interview and again, our office manager, Krista, is observing and she'll, she'll pipe in with questions or thoughts here and there. But her, I, in my opinion, her biggest value is to see what's going on that I can't see. Right, right. It's another set of eyes. Yeah. Well, and it's, it's a better set of eyes for that stuff. Gotcha. Gotcha. So I'm not, I'm not usually a person that pushes and stresses people out, but I can certainly do that in an interview. That's my job. Right. Her job is to see what's going on. And so if I throw something in front of them that they don't know what it is, um, how do they respond to that? Mm. Do they seem uncomfortable? Do they lean in like they're ready for the challenge? Gotcha. These are things that we're looking for. Nice. And nice. maybe I shouldn't tell that to the whole whole world because somebody's going to hear this and <laughs> like, oh, okay, I don't have to know anything. I'll just lean in. and they'll <laughs> <laughs> But no, Crystal will see right through that. Yeah. No, see, and I think these these little details here, this is real life. This is what's actually happening in your business. And, and I think 
with the onset of the interwebs and people being able to learn more, take courses, for instance, to kind of maybe sharpen their skills and things like that, people, a whole world is opening up for people to explore stuff like this. But at the forefront, at the forefront is culture. Now, you can have all the strategies in the world, but without a good culture, without a good set of core values, without a good vision, what you aspire to do, and without an active mission, what you're looking to accomplish uh, on on a day-to-day basis, without having those basic fundamentals, it's really hard for people to grow. And it seems to me, four years into this, you've, you've got that going pretty well now. We, I think we have a strong sense of self and we certainly try to hire people that fit that. Yeah. Well, I have to say from personal experience, your guys' communication is unbelievable. Oh, Um, well, thank you. That's, that's really helpful. Uh, I have never felt so good about losing a client before. (laughs) I have to tell you. Um, And the reason why is because you guys ask questions. It wasn't telling me it was constructive. It, it, it really helped us both out. And I feel that I'm a better person for it now. I really honestly believe that. And so my hat's off to you. I, I want to say thank you to you and to Krista. Um, you've, you've helped us more than you can possibly imagine. And had we not gone through that experience and kept an open line of communication, we wouldn't have known what we did wrong. We wouldn't have known how to improve. So for anybody that wants to reach out to you and talk to you, just know that you, you guys have it going on. I mean, it's, uh, it's, it's a good deal. I love the environment that you have. And uh, I just cannot say enough uh, praises about what you and uh, Chris, Krista have going on over there at uh, Breen Automation. It's, it's fantastic. Well, I appreciate that. And yeah. I have to say, you know, even though we... Uh, we kind of ended on a a feeling of failure. I feel like we really failed forward. I'm oh, yeah. so glad that we've been able to give you feedback that's helped you. The process has also helped us understand what we need um, with with these services that we were trying to outsource. And in the end, I have found that um, some of these things really have to have strong leadership from me. And so I've been taking that over for the last uh, couple months and. Honestly, I've never felt so connected to my business as I do right now. Oh, that's fantastic. It's, it's a good thing. It really is. And I, awesome. I don't think I would have had all these insights without trying to outsource things first, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's that, it's that, it's, it's learning, right? It's learning about business. It's doing business right, in my opinion. Uh, so yeah, kudos. <laughs> <laughs> so how do people get in touch with you if they want to reach out to you? Yeah. Uh, so uh, there are a ton of different ways you can keep keep up to date with us. Um, I'm just going to summarize here. Breen Machine Automation is a full service automation controls team. So we, uh, we can be a part-time part of your team. We can expand your own expertise is the way I like to look at it. Uh, you know, we don't have to take everything off your plate like a, a big OEM would prefer to do. We're happy to work in whatever size or shape of project you have and as part of your team or separate, whatever fits. Uh, we do everything from design, reverse engineering, assembly, programming, startup, troubleshooting. Um, we're also giving back to the industry, as we've talked about, with a lot of free educational content, paid courses. I do live presentations. Um, so I'd invite 
anyone who wants to learn more about industrial automation really to check us out, check out our how-to videos. We've got funny industry comics. Uh, I love those. Uh, <laughs> educational blogs and book us for a live presentation. I, I love putting these things together and hearing how people in industry have benefited from them just energizes yeah. me. Uh, so you can follow us on our website. I believe it'll be in the show notes, breen-machine.com. Mm -hmm. uh, YouTube, LinkedIn, Facebook. We also curate the best content every month into an email. And so it's just one email a month with just good stuff in it. Um, and right now we're even offering a free industrial ethernet design guide ebook for anyone new joining the, joining the mailing list. So oh, fantastic. Uh, on the website, you can't miss it at the bottom of, of any page on the website it says free ebook, click on that and you'll get your ebook and you'll get, uh, only the best content every month. Oh, that's fantastic. So it keeps everybody updated. Yes. And then now are your courses ready to go now? Yes. Two of them are live. Uh, those are the two that I talked about, virtual machines for industrial mm -hmm. programming and AutoCAD for industrial mm -hmm. automation. And um, I'm, I'm working on uh, an ethernet course, which will be design, troubleshooting, part selection, all of that. I'm working on a panel building course, which I think is that's one of those things that you have to be super detail oriented to do a good job. Yeah. And uh, it's one of those things that usually you have to have five, 10 years of experience to have all those little bells and whistles. I'm really excited. I've got a guy in industry who that's his, that's been his whole job since before he even got into industry. He's been doing this for 35, 40 years. He's very OCD about it and incredibly exacting. He is known for his quality. Oh, nice. Anybody that knows him. So um, I'm working with him to build that course. Very excited. And then um, actually right now, I'm, I'm putting out a lot of different kinds of content into YouTube. And I would wow. encourage anybody listening, watch those videos, leave comments, email us at info at brainmachine.com. I want to hear what people are most interested in and I'll prioritize those courses. Oh, fantastic. Oh, that's a great idea. What's your YouTube channel? YouTube is, uh, I don't know the, have we not given you the link? Uh, you may have. I'm just, I, I would love to be able to share that with people. I'll sure. go on here and just search for Brain Machine Automation link. Services should pop up right away. Brain Machine on YouTube. We have a lot of that virtual machines course on YouTube. Perfect. There are a few pieces that we left out on purpose, just a shameless incentive to bring people back to our courses page. But again, it's still free. It's yeah. free right now. It's oh, not going to be free cool. forever. Please that's check cool. it out. Perfect. Um, <laughs> is, is there anything else that you'd like to add before we wrap? No, I, it's been a great conversation. <laughs> well, fantastic. Well, we will put all of these links in the show notes so you can just click on them there. If you're driving right now, don't worry. Don't, don't try to be searching and stuff while you're driving. But if you're driving, listen to this, and you're interested in learning more about John and what he's doing over at Brain Machine, uh, go check out the show notes. Uh, and we'll put all of the links in there and make it really easy to click on. And uh, yeah, this is, uh, it's been an incredible conversation. Uh, John, thank you for sharing uh, what it is that you're doing, uh, how you're doing it. 
um, the intentional employee development aspect of everything. I just, I love, I love that word too. I think that's fantastic. Uh, if, if it's okay, I might borrow that from you. <laughs> oh, please. Yeah. The more people doing that, the better. Well, it's fantastic. Yeah. Well, um, I guess we can go ahead and wrap up now. Um, again, is there anything else you'd like to add before we wrap? Uh, no, thanks for having me. Okay, perfect. Well, you heard it here from John Breen. Hold on one quick second while I go ahead and wrap up. Uh, again, you can go learn more uh, by going to breenmachine.com. And there is a dash between Breen and Machine. Um, let me see if there's anything else I want to add in. Oh, there's YouTube, Facebook, LinkedIn, Brain Machine, B-R-E-E-N-Machine.com. Again, you can learn all about what he's got going on at the bottom of each of the pages there. Join his email list. Uh, it's not going to be sending an email every day. It's once a month with all of the best content. You can go to learn more about that. And uh, I just really thank John for stopping in today. It's been a great conversation. And I hope everybody has a fantastic day. As of the time of this recording, this is my first interview for 2020. So I'm excited uh, for the year and to see what's coming up. And uh, I wish all of you the best. Uh, and if, if I can be so bold as to uh, leave you with a little bit of words of wisdom or some advice, uh, be open to um, constructive criticism. Be open to uh, challenges within your business and, and be open and aware that you can always improve with a little constructive criticism. I think that it goes a long way uh, when it comes to developing your culture. So thanks again for tuning in and I hope you have a fantastic day. Again, this is your host, Jamie J with Culture Eats Strategy. You can find us by simply going and typing in Culture Eats Strategy Podcast, and we'll pop up in Google there. And I uh, hope you guys have a great day. We're on uh, Apple. We're on anywhere you can listen to podcasts. Uh, without any further ado, have a uh, great day, and we will talk to you again soon. Thanks so much. <laughs>